strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Chris Merrill from Mike Broomhead on KTAR. I know uh, Taylor is watching the... News channels, not the news uh, TV channels, but our, our news avenues, I suppose, to try to find out exactly when that information about a recall uh, comes. Uh, we are going to try to get some reaction from our political analysts who we have standing by. They'll be with us here uh, very shortly. The The recall is supposed to be announced on a live stream, uh, and as soon as it is, you know, we've got it up here in the studios, and so as soon as that is uh, revealed, uh, we'll bring that to you. The I don't think that the recall is really expected to change um, a, a couple of the races that, that are being reviewed here. Uh, the, that local uh, 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 district, what is it, District 13 or something? Yeah, House District 13, where Liz Harris uh, was 270 votes ahead of uh, Julie Willoughby. Um, that's a tight race, right? Uh, that uh, District 13 is part of Chandler, Sun Lakes, Gilbert area. So... Uh, kind of the 202 uh, region right there. So the deal is um, that is actually the closest race that's being recounted. However, the impact is, is I don't want to say it's a small impact, but it's, it is an impact uh, of a smaller region. And it's a, a recount between two Republicans. So it doesn't change the balance of the state house uh, or the state legislature. It doesn't change, uh, you know, how many, how many Democrats have control or how many Republicans have control. It will be a Republican that will win that race. The question is, will it be Republican Liz Harris and her views? Or will it be Republican Julie Willoughby and her viewpoints that carry the day? So that is the one that's not really being watched by too many people outside of the really, really studious uh, state wonks, state house wonks, uh, and, of course, the people in that District 13, that Chandler, Sun Lakes, Gilbert uh, area that's there. The, uh, the other races, though, uh, the superintendent is is pretty wide. So uh, Tom Horn... Uh, won that in the original vote by almost 9,000 votes over uh, Kathy Hoffman. So I don't think anybody's expecting that a recount is going to shift 9,000 votes. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I don't think anybody's going to go, oh, my goodness, this recount uncovered 9,000 votes. Nah, that's a pretty huge margin. That's pretty big. A recount is more likely to change... A dozen, couple dozen votes uh, just by ballots that uh, needed to be, um, I don't know, I don't want to say they, they need to be cured, but they need to be reviewed. Maybe it got run wrong, whatever it is. It doesn't really change much. However, we are hearing reports that one rural county is showing a, a, a sizable change in their vote tallies in the race between uh, Chris Mays and Abraham Hamada. And if if Hamada is able to, to pick up a number, a few hundred votes, plus the other margins of error type votes, the couple dozen here and there, suddenly the 500 vote difference between Mays and Hamada is, is razor thin, razor thin margin. It's adding to the drama. We're we're sort of at that point where we go, man, if what we're hearing is true and there's a few hundred votes that change, this really could see an election that gets flipped. 
It, it, it could go uh, from Mays with a narrow victory to Hamaday with a very narrow victory. However, I don't know if you're talking about a rural county. I don't know that the recount is going to be significant enough, even if it's a couple hundred votes out of one of the rural counties, that suddenly it changes the, the, the end result. Because, again, unless you're talking about a Pima County, uh, Maricopa County, obviously, maybe Pinole County, that has a, a significant shift even a couple hundred votes out of one of the rural counties probably isn't going to overcome the 500-vote difference. But we will see. And again, we're, we're waiting. We're watching the, the stream, the live stream, the, the, the revelation of it all. Uh, we're keeping an eye on that. I do want to make this clear, though. I think that this may be sort of the, the telltale sign of why it's a bad idea to sow doubt in the election system. And that is that if if Hamity loses by only a handful of votes, and in fact, even if even if the, the original vote totals uh, stand, and Hamity is down by 500, 511, I think it is, uh, votes, you have to call into question this political strategy of uh, sort of downplaying election integrity. And we've seen this nationwide. We've seen uh, uh, some people employ this tactic. Nobody employed it more than Carrie Lake did this time around. But we know that she picked that up from her mentor, Donald Trump, who in 2016 was saying, rigged election, rigged election. If I lose, you know it's rigged. If I lose, you know it's rigged. He won. See, it wasn't rigged. It was the greatest victory in American history. 2020, it's a rigged election, rigged election, rigged election. If I lose, you know it's rigged. If I lose, you know it's rigged. And then he loses. Ah, I told you so. Carrie Lake did the same thing in the primaries. If I lose, it's rigged. She's behind on uh, on, on primary election day. And she's like, aha, I told you it's rigged. You can't trust this election. This election was a fraud from the beginning. Late ballots come in. Suddenly she takes the lead win. She goes, I told you this election was purely, uh, it, was, it was totally straight up. It was the best election that's ever been had. You know, just change your tune. Just flip-flopped. Instantly, as soon as she had the lead, suddenly she had to change her tune. And we all went, you're a joke. And then she ran uh, on the general election on you can't trust the election system. You can't trust the election system. You can't trust the election system. Two things to be said. One, quality of candidate. As that's not a great quality candidate that's out there telling people you can't trust your vote. And two, the election strategy of questioning the integrity means that you have a a certain group of voters that don't believe the election is valid. If you don't believe something is valid, are you going to participate in it? If you're thoroughly convinced that your vote doesn't count, don't you no vote as a protest to the entire system? Which brings in this catch-22. Either you vote and your candidate wins and... All of your fears are basically proven to be false, like they were for people in 2016. Or you don't vote because you protest the system. Your candidate loses, which in your mind validates your your entire belief to start with. But then, because you didn't vote, if the system is legit, suddenly your candidate loses. 
But had you voted, it may have pushed your candidate to victory. And this is what's happening potentially with Hamaday. Now, Hamaday could still win. Again, we're waiting on those those uh, uh, recount results to come in. But if Hamaday loses by a very narrow margin, which he did already by just 511 votes, but it sounds like it may be even closer than that based on, and I don't know who leaked the information. I don't know where that came from. No idea, but it got it got it got resourced out to a few different people that kind of heard the the rumor that there was going to be uh, a few hundred votes out of a rural county. We don't know if it's uh, two hundred votes, six hundred votes, a thousand. We don't know. We're we're going to find out here very shortly. But if that margin of of victory is so narrow, I think you could point very squarely at the number of Republicans who believed that the election was rigged. That it's a fraudulent system that down in their bones knew that their vote wouldn't be counted. And so to prove themselves, they used the passive aggressive tact and they decided not to vote. Aha. I know you're not going to count my vote, so I'm not going to vote just to prove that I'm right. My vote won't be counted. See. So even if it's just one percent of people that did that. Even if it's just 1% of Republicans who said, I'm not going to vote as a protest, no vote. That 1% could have shifted the balance in favor of their candidate in a tight race, such as the attorney general's race. And I got to tell you a dirty little secret here. And uh, again, I mentioned that we'll have a political analyst on uh, to discuss this, but... um, I have talked with enough political analysts. I've, I've studied enough uh, politics. I've done enough political science in my time that there is a dirty little secret about politics. The notion used to be that in the primaries, you ran to the right or you ran to the left, right? So you were the most Republican or the most Democratic candidate out there. And then once you once you won the primaries, then you sort of pivoted toward the center because you were trying to pick up as many of those independent voters as you could. So you wanted to appeal still to your base, but you knew the base wasn't going to vote for the other side. You needed to pick up the independents. It was kind of the Nixon strategy. What we're finding out, however, and sort of the changing tactics now, are that winning elections isn't necessarily about converting voters. It's not necessarily about grabbing the independents, because the independents are going to lean one way or another to start with. They may have a, a mixed ballot. They may vote for some Republicans and some Democrats, but they, they kind of lean one way or another. So it's not necessarily about converting voters. It's about getting your voters to show up. It, it, it's known as activation. This is the get out the vote. This is the this is the way that political scientists uh, tell uh, candidates this is how you win an election. It's it's not necessarily to convert other voters. It's to make sure that your voters actually vote. And so when you have a political strategy of telling people that voting doesn't matter or that the election doesn't count and they don't vote, you're working you're actively working against your own interest. Which is why there's a there's a huge piece of me that is hoping that this uh, that this latest trend of claiming that you can't trust an election uh, goes to the wayside when politicians figure out uh, that is working against our our efforts to be elected. I'm I'm praying. I'm praying in 2023 they wake up and realize that. I'm praying. 
I don't have a whole lot of hope because politicians seem to just they want to just be bombastic. And uh, even if it hurts them, at least they get the headlines. Even they, they can raise the money on it. Uh, but I'm hoping I'm going to keep hoping on that one. All right, as we wait for that to come in, i got to tell you, there is uh, one other story I heard Taylor talking about earlier, and it kind of scares me. Anybody that's ever come out to their car and seen a ticket on the windshield is immediately frustrated by it. This is going to frustrate you doubly. It's next. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead on KTAR. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, breaking, breaking, breaking. Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR. Recount confirms Chris May's victory in Arizona Attorney General race. You'll find it on uh, KTAR.com, KTAR.com. The race was close. May's led by only 511 votes after the November 8th election. Uh, she maintains a lead. However, I don't have the numbers in front of me here, guys, uh, so I don't know exactly what those final numbers are. We're putting it all together uh, right away. I'm just getting the the word that uh, May's victory is confirmed. If this were football, we'd say the ruling on the field is confirmed. Uh, The two other recounted races confirmed victories for Tom Horn as superintendent. Uh, over Kathy Hoffman and Republican Liz Harris, uh, state representative in that District 13. That's the one that's uh, Chandler, Gilbert, Sun Lakes area, right, right around the 202 there. Uh, that that was, race was tight between Harris and Willoughby. Only 270 votes uh, separated them. But uh, again, the recount has confirmed that everyone we thought won did. Uh, we're getting the final numbers, the final tallies, and I know Taylor is putting that together right now, and we'll be able to uh, share that with you uh, in exactly what that is here uh, in the next newscast. Also, we're, we're grabbing our uh, political analysts. We'll have them on. Hopefully, we'll get to one of our analysts on here in the next segment, right after we do our news at the uh, bottom of the hour, and we'll be able to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper, what this means. Are we going to see a shift in the last segment? I was talking about this. Are we going to see a shift in political tact where uh, we stop... Um, talking about how the elections are rigged, we stopped uh, sowing doubt in the minds of the voters as to whether or not they should even vote, because in tight races, you need the turnout. And if you're not getting the turnout, if you've sown enough doubt and people decide that they're going to sit out the race because they don't believe in the system at all, suddenly uh, you lose. And I know that people that don't believe in the system say, well, we would have lost anyway. See, but if you hadn't sown that doubt and the system had worked, you would have won. So it's not really a winning tactic. I understand the I understand the catch twenty two of my entire premise is that you have to believe the system works to believe that voting makes a difference, right? But on the off chance that the system for those of you that doubt it, on the off chance that the system does work, don't you want to make sure you show up to vote? Because if you don't, see, and on the off chance that it does work, then you you're guaranteeing a loss. In those tight races. See? See how that shakes out? Anyway, we're trying to gather up those final numbers. We're going to get you the uh, the exact recounts uh, as best we can. We do know that, again, everything we thought before is confirmed. Uh, Mays over uh, Hamaday in the attorney general's race. Uh, uh, Tom Horn over Kathy Hoffman in the uh, school superintendent race. And um, uh, also, uh, hold on. 
Uh, oh, yeah, Liz Harris over Julie Willoughby in the House seat District 13 race. Recounts confirmed what we believed before. We'll get to an update on that here in just a few moments. It's Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, great reporting there, um, uh, Taylor. Nice job. As we got those uh, the numbers, and we did have before we went to the news, and uh, Taylor was gathering the numbers there, getting the uh, the final results. Uh, Chris Mays was ahead by 500. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Chris Merrill. I'm in for uh, Mike Broomhead. Sorry, I wanted to get to the point. Uh, Chris Mays uh, led Abe uh, uh, Hamaday by only 511 votes. The recount came back. Hamaday picked up more than 200 votes in the recount. That's pretty significant. Joining me right now is our uh, legal analyst. Uh, and also, uh, you're hosting again tonight, the, the Gators and Chad show? Yes, I'll be there 2 oh. to 6 this afternoon. Excellent. Excellent. Barry Markson. Uh, but, Barry, I wanted to get your sort of your, your hot take on this. The first thing is the the recount, adding a couple hundred votes, that's pretty significant. Normally, recounts are only a, a, a dozen or two. Yeah, I'm I'm very surprised by that. Uh, people have been asking me that for the last uh, few weeks while we talk about this recount. And what I always say is it's the same machines counting the same ballots. So I expect it to be pretty much the same um, at 511 vote separation, although not a lot in the scheme of 2.5 million votes overall is a lot to overcome. So that'll absolutely be something that's looked into in the future. Unfortunately, it probably adds to the conspiracy theories about uh, about this election, because every time we keep saying the election was run uh, properly and fairly and securely, something like this pops up and it makes it makes people question that, which is which is never good. Um, but at the end of the day, Chris May still won by 280 votes, making it even closer. How many picked up those 231 votes? Yeah, it uh, it strikes me as um, especially peculiar, as you pointed out, that you have the uh, uh, you know, you've got the same machines counting the same ballots. So how in the world does that happen? I, 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 well, guess, I, I guess I'm confused by that. There must have been – was there machine error along the way or human error? Well, and that's what we need to find out. I, 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 as I'm, I'm here, what I'm hearing, and I don't know if this has been confirmed by anybody yet, so I, I'm, I'm a little – not sure I want to even talk about this, but I've heard there's one county in particular, uh, and it's not Maricopa and it's not Pima County. It's not one of the larger counties, but there's one county in particular where there was an issue, and we're going to get – I'm sure they're going to get to the bottom of it. I'm sure we'll figure out what happened here, um, but it's odd uh, because these are – you know, first of all, people say we should have paper ballots. We do have paper ballots. Every single person who voted in Arizona did so on a paper ballot. And those right. ballots are run through those tabulator machines. So I, I don't know if it was a, a situation where some of the some of the ballots couldn't be read. I, I don't know. We're going to find out. I don't want to speculate, Chris, but we're going to I'm sure we will find out over the next several days. Is it possible that this uh, that the whole election integrity thing tipped the scales for the Democrats in a tight race? Yeah, I, I think it absolutely did. I, I think that the, the the general election voters in Arizona overall rejected the election deniers um, that 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 mindset and that presentation. I mean, you, you saw it here in the, in the Republican primary. Uh, everyone that was endorsed by Donald Trump won, and all of them uh, were election deniers, all of them full-throated support for Donald Trump's uh, 
uh, statements about that he won the 2020 election, despite the, the fact that there was no evidence to, to support that at all. Uh, but when it got to the general election, uh, the independents in Arizona, which make up almost a third of the electorate, and uh, as we're learning now, an awful lot of Republicans, uh, registered Republicans, uh, voted against the people who were election deniers. And the evidence for that is pretty clear. When you see guy, uh, people like Tom Horn, uh, who's a Republican but was not an election denier, and Kimberly Yee, again, a Republican treasurer but not an election denier, they won their races. Kimberly Yee, by you know, hundreds of thousands, got, got almost 100,000 more votes than Kerry Lake. There's a reason for that. And I think the, the obvious answer is um, a good chunk of Arizona rejected election denier liars. So aside from uh, election deniers that that decided they weren't going to, excuse me, aside from the people, the Republicans who who wanted to assuage the election deniers, were is there enough people in this case? It would only, it would only take two hundred eighty one people as the final vote tally between Mays yeah. and Hamaday was two hundred eighty. Uh, so uh, were there two hundred eighty one people in the state of Arizona who sat out? the general election because they believed that it was a fraudulent election to begin with. In other words, the self-fulfilling prophecy ends up giving the the Democrats the win. I don't think there's any question about that. I, I think there have been studies now that are showing that somewhere between one and three percent of Republicans are not voting because they don't think the elections are real. They think it's all rigged and fake. They, they believe what Donald Trump says and what Kerry Lake says and what Abe Hamaday says. And they said, why would I why would I waste my time? Why would I vote? So yeah. they, they certainly lost some of those votes, which I think would be would be for the Republican candidates. Um, and then obviously there was the stuff Kerry Lake was saying where she told McCain Republicans to get out. And and there's just yeah. there's so many things like that. And then the other part of this, Chris, that, that no one's talking about enough is that Republicans, their, their strategy was to tell their people to vote on Election Day, um, which is fine. You can vote on Election Day. But in but in the real world, uh, there's plenty of forget about the conspiracies, forget about the printers and everything else. Sometimes you get busy. And to say that were there 282 people who planned to vote on Election Day and got busy at work or their kid got sick or they hurt themselves or, or something happened and they couldn't make it to the polling place, I, out of two and a half million voters, yeah, I, I'd say there's probably 300 people who had that happen to them. And you lose those votes, votes that could have been counted if they had voted earlier, voted by mail. Uh, Barry Markson is our KTAR uh legal analyst. He's also going to be in for Gatos and Chad this afternoon. We're getting reactions. The recount has come in, the uh, the, the mandatory recounts, because the elections were so close. In the case of uh, the superintendent's race, Tom Horn, Kathy Hoffman, and in the case of the uh, state super, excuse me, the, the, the attorney general, Chris Mays and Abe uh, Hamaday, uh, as well as that District 13 uh, race between the two Republicans uh, in there, uh, Liz Harris and Julie Willoughby. Uh, all of the races, the those that we believed won on election day did end up winning in the recount. However, what caught our attention was that uh, this race between Mays and Hamaday tightened up by a couple hundred votes. We didn't expect that much because most recounts, we really don't see significant changes in the vote totals. But in this case, 200 is, is quite a bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you this, Barry, from a legal standpoint. There was a report, and I believe Taylor had it in the news earlier, that, uh, is it 
Oh, hang on here, guys. Somebody was saying that they wanted for the. Um, oh yeah, it was it was Hamaday that said that he wanted for the inauguration to be postponed. That he wanted the courts to step in yeah. and postpone the inauguration, uh, a stay of execution on the inauguration, uh, while his legal challenges filtered through the courts. But I don't know what else is left. What other avenues he could go down? And I don't know that any court would even consider or dream of delaying the inauguration. Yeah, so uh, you're right. Abe Hamaday filed um, filed that motion. It was very quickly denied by the court already this morning, Chris. So, oh, okay, um, the, the, real fast. Yeah, the judge, the judge that um, the judge that announced the recount uh, as and again, this is how it works by law uh, in Arizona. When a recount occurs, it's it goes to the court. The court opens the envelope. He did that this morning, uh, and he described him. He said, "I feel like Johnny Carson doing like Karnak, I think." And he uh, <laughs> and he read he read the results, and the results did not change anything. Uh, it, Although there were those 200 votes that will that that apparently were different, that's why we do the recount. I mean, that's why we have recounts yeah. is to make sure the count was done correctly. And in this case, apparently there were a couple hundred votes uh, that weren't counted correctly. We're going to get to the bottom of that, but it doesn't change the outcome of the election. So Hamaday's lawyer filed this motion. He said the only reason he filed it, the only reason he was there uh, this morning, was because there were uh, reports yesterday, unsubstantiated. We didn't know where the there was kind of call it rumors or information that there was going to be a, a, a significant uh, change from the recount, which it was, about a couple hundred votes. He filed that motion. The judge rejected it because he said there's really nothing to look at here. Um, the vote occurred. The election occurred. The vote's been recounted. We have a winner. We're finished. So the inauguration right. will go forward next week. All right. Barry Marks in uh, KTAR legal analyst and also uh, substitute host, the B-teamer, just like me. He's going to be in for uh, the guys here this afternoon, in for uh, Gatos and Chad. So, Barry, I'm looking forward to your in-depth analysis of this and the superintendent's race and everything else that we learned with the recounts. And, you know, thank goodness we've got you on board to be able to tell us things like, you know, this is legal mumbo jumbo and this is baloney uh you know obviously in latin uh because that's what lawyers do so we appreciate you being around to be able to do that barry thanks bud always thanks, good to hear from you. thanks man all right uh a little bit more on this i believe we'll be able to, to to give a final political recap on this in just a second because this is a big deal we've been waiting on this recount for what, six eight weeks now uh and now we get the results and they seem very unsatisfactory to about half the population. That is next. Chris Merrill into Mike in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, what I'm seeing here in the uh, recount is Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. What I'm seeing here in the recount uh, numbers is quite interesting. Uh, we had heard that there was one rural county that had... Uh, pretty sizable change in their vote tallies. By sizable, I mean by recount uh, standards. To put it in perspective, uh, FairVote is a nonprofit studying election practices and found that only three, excuse me, uh, three races that flipped out of 35 recounts nationwide over the last two decades. So 35 recounts nationwide in the last two decades, only three flipped. And the reversals were all in races that were closer than the 0.06 percentage points that we see uh, here in Arizona. Of the uh, uh, of the three Arizona recounts, only the Attorney General's race was within that 0.06. So, historically, it was the only one that uh, would have stood a chance unless it was a, an extraordinary outlier, uh, and it wasn't. But here's where I think things are really interesting. 
The recount showed that Chris Mays actually gained 196 votes. Abe uh, Hamaday gained 427 votes. So the net gain in this case was Hamaday 231, and Chris Mays still wins by 280. Initially, the the margin had been 511, and so when the math all, you know, doing your math, uh, you get out to your uh, your tabulator and you move your you move your little blocks around on your abacus, and boop, you end up with 280 votes total difference. But to me, it's really interesting, and and I'm hoping that we get an explanation from the county officials where the 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 largest change was. Because it sounds like it wasn't from Maricopa or from Pima counties. So whatever this rural county was that we're hearing, and again, it's it's rumor at this point, and I'm hoping we get some, some verification on that. But how in the world did we miss 600 votes? That's pretty significant. 600 is pretty sizable as far as, uh, oops, well, we just forgot to, uh, forgot to tally those up. Mm. That is... Uh, that is a, a problem. I, I still come back to uh, what I believe is just a, a terrible election strategy in, in telling people that their votes won't count. Whenever you've got your Donald Trumps and your Kerry Lakes and your Abe uh, Hamadays and, and your Mark Finchams and the others saying that the election process is a sham and your votes don't count, uh, you're de-incentivizing your own people to show up. Because in this case, and in this case, it's the Republicans doing it, the Democrats that are saying, no, no, trust the process. And it, that, that could flip-flop in 10 years. We don't know. Uh, but in this case, you've got Republicans saying, your votes won't count, and who's going to listen to them? Well, it's not going to be the Democrats that are listening to them. It's going to be people in their own base. So they're telling people in their own base, voting for me is useless. And enough people get the message and they don't vote because they've been told the election process is tainted. They don't show up. And suddenly you lose by 280 votes. There's just some bad political strategy going on right now. And I I think part of that is that people are trying to adopt this scorched earth policy. You know, they want to win and they see that Donald Trump uh, has done well with scorched earth. In other words, if I can't win, nobody can win. And they go, oh, yeah, look at people really respond to that. Let's try to use that here. And they do. And then they lose because they're not Donald Trump. They don't have his magic. And even his magic seems to be sort of fading right now. I see that uh, there's a there's an article where. What is it? He said this. Donald Trump on Wednesday promoted an editorial suggesting that he run as a third party candidate if he doesn't win the Republican uh nomination in 2024. So on uh, on his Truth Social site, he linked an, an editorial from American Greatness, which is a, a MAGA publication, and said, hey, you should follow in Teddy Roosevelt's footsteps and run as a third party. So if he does that, what does that do to the Republican Party? Well, they lose. You split the Republican vote. You hand it over to a, a Biden re-election. But in the case of Donald Trump, uh, this is basically a threat to the GOP voters. Give me the nomination or I'll burn it all down. Scorched earth is not a, 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 a real great policy. If you're running to win or burn everything to the ground, that's a very short-term strategy. And it doesn't really, doesn't really help you in the long run. You or your party. So... All of this, you know, it's me or else, 
that uh, former President Trump has employed and that some others are, are picking up on thinking that they can emulate that, it's just not it's just not a good plan. It's not a good long-term strategy. Uh, unless your strategy is to lose more elections and hand over control to the opposing party. Otherwise, you want to encourage your voters to show up. And you want to show your voters that you're a team player. It's tough to change the system. And it looked like Donald Trump was about the, the closest thing we had to somebody that could upset the apple cart. But in the, in the end, the parties are just too powerful. All right, we'll talk about that pay bump in Buckeye in just a minute. Chris Merrill, in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR.